All right, you mob, welcome back to the fucking show. Um, we're back home. It's, um, what day is it? It's Saturday. We have returned from the out-of-town job. We will be returning to the out-of-town job for one more week, potentially more, actually. I saw my dad today, and it sounds like this may be an indefinite thing because the boiler room they wanted me to build could no longer wait for me and has begun construction without me, so... Best of luck to that job. I will be not thinking about it because I didn't want to fucking do it anyway. So <laughs> I have also been warned by Carl uh, that this mic is much more sensitive than the uh, Samsung and the Audio Technica mic and picks up just a just a little bit more. Um, I've gone back and listened to twenty eight probably four or five times now, and I can't hear what she's talking about, but I am going to assume she's not lying to me. So we will attempt to keep the uh, the bodily functions a little less functional <laughs> on this episode. Um, I did just, uh, this has been my, my ADHD hyperfixation this week is watching gear reviews. Uh, plug for Tom Buck's channel on YouTube. Um, there's a man obsessed with his Rodecaster Pro 2. In the same way that I am from afar, I very much want the Roadcaster Pro 2. <laughs> and I may be buying it. I don't know. At the end of this week, we'll see. That out-of-town money just hits so good. Um, but yes, that has been my my obsession this week is... Uh, oh, geez. No bodily functions immediately have them all. Um, that has been my obsession this week is watching his gear reviews. So I was just watching the review for the Vocaster 2, which I just about bought actually last week and then decided I'll just wait and buy the Roadcaster. But that thing has a built-in mute button for each channel and that is something that I am sorely lacking here on the focus rate. So very much looking forward to the day that I have a fucking mute button, honestly, because I just gave up finding some some cough button. But um, it's even more difficult now with the pod mic because... Um, the Samsung and the, the Audio Technica mic had physical like on-off switches and the pod mic obviously does not. It is either plugged into the focus right and on or it is the focus right is unplugged and the fucking mic's off. So <laughs> um, it just a little bit of uh, I just have to be a better host basically and kind of control my mouth <laughs> a little bit better. Um I don't know what my phone is doing here, but I need my notes. Hello. That's enough of that. Uh, Carl, I'm recording now. Uh, right this second. Carl, this is this dead air is your fault. I was texting you. <laughs> okay, so I had planned to record last night and then... I was just a sleepy senorita, so no such luck. But I did ask Carl last night, senorita, do you have any podcasts? Any podcasts? Obviously, I'm, I've been drinking tonight. This is not going to be a repeat of 16 or 28. Um, we're, we've learned our lesson, especially since I was fucking late to work, like an hour and a half this week because I got way too drunk and slept in. Which is very unlike me, so... Um, but I did ask Carl, do you have any suggestions for the podcast? Anything you would like me to discuss prior to her guest appearance, which I don't know when it's going to be. Some point. <laughs> um, okay, and then so she sent a few over. <laughs> um... Where do we want to start here? So, <laughs> the one that genuine because um we're actually, and I'm I'm just realizing this now. I don't know if she has has thought of this. Um, I'm double dipping for churches tomorrow, so I'm going to my church for the normal time that I usually go for, and then I will be hooning across to Carl's church for the late service there. So we will be in-person meeting for the first time in like 
12, 13, 14, 15 years. I can't remember the last time I saw her was. Um, just now realizing this. My ass just kind of fell out a little bit. I hate first meetings because I'm just so awkward. But I'm sure it will be fine. Um, let's just pretend I didn't just have that very sudden scary realization. I'm nervous now. <laughs> anyway. So I, I, you know what, and this, this is all a nice little, little bow on top of it. This is a fucking mess. Um, so I have a mustache, as we all know, and it has grown into its glorious final form. I shaved today and it just looks, it's amazing. Honestly, we all, all hail the mustache, but, um, Carl is giving me mixed signals here because she loves to like bust my balls about the mustache, but also said today that she likes mustaches so <laughs> okay no more suggestions beyond what she gave me yesterday and a few directions yes i will refrain from that <laughs> this is what i get for drunk podcasting i just uh i and doing it on the road too, like I and I know I, I fucking can't edit it. So um, anyway, getting mixed messages from Carl here, kind of about her thoughts on the mustache. She she says she just detests that I have one, and then today says she likes mustaches. So uh, question number one from our friend Carl: Why you prefer being a predator when that's a felony in the province we live in? Um, <laughs> so she's not. She is a fan of mustaches. She just, for whatever reason, is not a fan of mine. I don't even know if she's ever seen it. Because the selfies usually go on Snapchat. Instagram just gets the memes. So, I don't know. But, um, we're going to try something here. I'm going to, listening back at the seven minute mark, we're going to see if this air button does anything. I'm very curious. Oh, that kicked the tone right up. Jeez Louise. Um... I am not a predator, unequivocally. I'll throw that out there. Uh, the mustache is a result of January whining and complaining and bitching for any time I tried to grow anything other than just a full beard. So I have decided I am a single-ish man and I'm going to live my best damn life and I want to grow a mustache. So I grew a mustache. And... I don't feel like I'm committing a felony. Carl may disagree with me. She may feel that um, this mustache alone is a felony, L not the predator portion of it notwithstanding. she I'm pretty sure her opinion is that um, this mustache is in and of itself a felony. So I'm, I'm very sorry to Carl specifically that she feels that way about my glorious mustache. Um, it has ascended to its final form. And now we'll just be maintained at this level. So all hail the mustache. We love the mustache. And we we remember fondly the beard um, who served me so well for so many years. The downside is as a 35-year-old man, I'm finally experiencing shaving regularly because the beard was kind of the default face for the longest time. So I I kind of just shaved like twice a year for the last 10 years. It was... When the beard got out of control, basically, I would shave it off and start over. And six months later, I would rinse, wash, repeat, right? So um, this is a whole new experience for me and my face. And my face is not loving it. It is, it is very much unhappy with this <laughs> level of shaving that I have decided to take on. So, um, okay. The rum question we answered privately because it was an admission slightly of a crime to answer that one. Um, <laughs> don't ask me how this came up but yesterday carl mentioned that baby spice was her spirit animal and unbeknownst to her but very beknownst to me when i was a young young lad um my oh coke burps so sorry not sorry um my celebrity crush at the time was baby spice i just had to... which is weird because i don't really have a thing for blondes anymore i'm kind of a not that I really have a type, honestly. It's more about personality, but blah, blah, blah. Um, 
How my crush on baby spice is a manifestation of daddy issues. Um, <laughs> this may actually, I don't know if you, I would call it daddy issues, but this may be <laughs> truer than Carl maybe realized when she submitted the question. Um, <laughs> I am not going to get into this, but it speaks very accurately, unfortunately for Carl, to my, the type of women that, woman that I, I like to... <laughs> that, that How do we word this without it being overtly graphic and sexual um it very accurately kind of no there's no way to say it without it sounding like i have like an a, no <laughs> uh irregardless see i want to say irregardless and i know it's not a word but also i've since learned some things about carl so i, I could say made up words if i wanted to um i just choose not to because i am a, a word nerd anyway I, I feel like my crush on Baby Spice is not a manifestation of daddy issues, more that my mother was a very, very hard woman my entire childhood, and uh, I was in trouble constantly, and she just kind of, I got yelled at a lot, and Baby Spice kind of seemed like a soft woman, and I was, I wanted that? I don't know. This is more, I don't, I doubt that Carl expected me to get this in introspective about this whole thing but it maybe it's more revealing about my mommy issues than anything <laughs> of which there are several let us let us not dance around that yes i i do have mommy issues but um uh working up the list why you like cats when dogs are better i have never explicitly said to carl that cats are better than dogs or dogs are better than cats um obviously we know where carl stands on this issue um it was more when we got uh, our cat, who has since passed away, uh, my little buddy, who I miss every day. Um, it was more that I didn't have the time or the energy for the kind of dog that I wanted, and January was useless. And contributed basically contributed nothing, uh, not including when I was working out of town for six months and she had to be buying his food and litter, so... I knew that January was useless and was hoping that a cat would be a little less expensive than a dog. I was sorely mistaken, <laughs> especially when his fucking tooth fell out of his head and I was $2,400 poorer for him to have dental surgery. <laughs> but um, it was, I just needed something, I wanted something more low maintenance than a dog was. So, And then this cat ended up being the fucking highest maintenance animal I've ever owned because he had abandonment issues and spent much of his life on anti-anxiety medication when I desperately needed it and couldn't be bothered to get diagnosed. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we miss him very badly, actually. Um, I could use his little chirps and duster around the house right now. I don't know what I would do working out of town for him this week. Somebody, I would have to get my landlords to look after him, but, um, yeah, he was my little buddy. He It took a couple months for him to kind of figure out the pecking order, and then he realized that it kind of went me, him, her. Um, and then after that, he was just my little dude. He, I had him trained so that wherever I was in the apartment, like I could sit in my chair like I am now, I could just drop my hand and snap my fingers, and he'd come running and jump up in my lap and fall asleep. And uh, when I went to this out-of-town job a couple of years ago, uh, January told me that for like the first three months I was gone, he would go and sit in front of my bath because we had separate bathrooms. He would go sit in front of my bathroom door around the time that I would be getting home and getting in the shower. And he would wait for me and scream at the door until January would open the door and show him that I wasn't there. And he did that for three months. So, and, uh, this is very depressing now, but when we had to put him down, I was still I was still out of out of province working on this other job, and she called me at uh, probably two or three in the morning, and I was on like a fourteen day stretch, just trying to finish the job up so I could come home and not have to go back. And yeah, she called me at two or three on a Sunday night and basically said like he was acting weird last night. And so we took me and a friend took him to the vet. Um, and it's his, it's time for him to, to go. He had, uh, very, very widespread cancer we didn't know about. And 
lot of fluid build up around his lungs and he was a a lot older man than we kind of thought he was honestly um I think we thought he was maybe 11 10 or 11 and it turned out he was probably closer to 15 or 16 um so I had to fly home the next day rent super short notice and uh I never told January this story but there was I think uh I really like to think that he held on till I could get back because it was like I got home that day and he was he was obviously not himself and but when I walked in the door to our apartment he was curled up on my pillow and was just so pleased to see me when I got home I he he couldn't really get up and walk around anymore by that point it it was so fast that he deteriorated and then but he was laying on my pillow waiting for me and um he spent most uh cuz uh we got I got a one whole more day with him because you know he was my little dude he was my buddy and he was my cat for sure and he held on for me he really did I think because I and this is what I never told January is there was when I the next day she was in the shower and it was just me and him and we were laying on the bed and I was just talking to him, telling him like what a good boy he was and I hope he'd had a good life with us and blah, blah, blah. And he closed his eyes and I'm pretty sure he kind of died right then and there and I shook him and he kind of snorted and came back. But I'm like 90% sure he he briefly died and came back. So um, he had a good little life, I like to think. Um, at least the last half of it, since he was so much older than we really knew, right? But, um, yeah, we got him at Petland, and he'd kind of been floating around um, a bunch of stores for, like, six months, and he was 90% off, which was why we got him. I think I spent, like, tw- it was $25 to get him, and then 180 to get all the shit for him. Um, yeah, and he, nobody wanted him. He was just a black-and-white tuxedo cat, this fat little shit and he was fat too. That was the other thing. He was just a boring tuxedo who was fat, and he ended up being just like the best pet I've ever owned. He had a couple bad days, but they're bound to happen over like six, seven years. But uh, I like to think that we gave him a good little last couple of years of his life. He was very, very loved and very spoiled, and. He spent a lot, a lot of time curled up in my lap, just snoring on me, little fat shit. So, yeah, um, that is all horribly depressing. Yeah, so we had, I flew home and I paid three hundred dollars to put him down, and I joked, I was like, it costs like fucking six times as much to kill him as it did to adopt him. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and then you know, we put him down and. Uh, January went to work and I threw all his shit out and then went flew back and spent another three days out of town finishing this job and that was super fucking big bummer so that's it hey another another portion of the tragic backstory unlocked for you guys there you go the loss of my my best friend the cat um <laughs> but yes I would love to have a dog honestly like being out at the out of town job right now like uh, my Tim Basher Finley, he brings his dog out, and he's just this big blockhead. Ah, uh, fuck, I forget what Finley said he is. He's definitely got Pyrenees in him. He's a big, thick boy, big blockhead kind of guy. But, <coughs> and actually, I had seen this dog like a year ago, uh, almost to the, yeah, it was over a year ago when we were at uh, this other job, Finley and I, and he was just a little puppy. He was the size of, he was a little bit bigger than the, my cat. He fit in a cat carrier and now he's a fucking huge thick boy. So, um, and that's the kind of dog I want, right? Like a big, big monster dog, but <clears throat> sorry, Carl, just couldn't contain it. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, I would like an American, like an American bully or a pit bull or something, but that just makes renting impossible in my province because, They've basically made it a law that if you have a bully breed, you just can't rent, basically. So until the 
elusive dream of being a homeowner comes true, I kind of just am petless right now. I don't really need the stress, but I have never said that cats are better than dogs. I don't think dogs are better than cats. I think they're equal just because I've had many dogs and I've had a few cats. And while my cat was my favorite pet that I've ever owned, there are a few, a dog or two in my history that would be a close second to him. So that's that about that. That was a much more in-depth answer, especially to the, that joke of a question. Um, don't ask me why. <laughs> uh, and then the, finally, why do I think Christian women are the equivalent of plain toast? Um, <laughs> see, I know the answer I want to give here. Um, and I I was specifically requested to not say this ever again on the podcast, but hey, Carl, this one's just for you. I have a f- I, I don't think that Christian women are the equivalent of plain toast, but at the same time, I love raw dogging. Daddy loves raw dogging. So, and that obviously would be happening if I married a Christian woman, but I feel like there's not a lot of that going on before marriage. Uh, no more wristies on the D floor. Not that I'm asking for wristies. Uh, I don't know. I, the We kind of yarned about this, I feel like, last episode, but I was too drunk to really noodle into it. Um, it's just kind of like, I, and this is probably something to discuss with Carl, but also trying to be respectful of her and not ask her incredibly personal questions. My assumption is that, like, as far as you're going to get in a true Christian relationship, you're holding hands and maybe sneaking a kiss. There's, that's it. And while that's all well and good, um, I'm not there yet where I'm ready to kind of give all that up. So I don't know, but I guess it would also depend on the woman. But no, I don't think Christian women are the equivalent of plain toast. I just like a little more raw dogging in my relationship than I would get dating strictly a Christian woman, not marrying one. I know that there would be raw dogging in that future, but, um, (laughs) and I was specific, she specifically requested that I no longer say raw dogging on the podcast. I'm pretty sure I just said it like eight times. (laughs) I'm not even sorry. I really are not. So enjoy that little 30, 40 seconds of the, of the episode, Carl. Um, but yes, um, that's just kind of it, right? It's just the lack of of physical intimacy, which is not the point, obviously. Uh, I had a girl get mad at me for this one time. Kind of like, if all you're thinking about is sex, you're you're not ready to get married. And I wasn't at the time, but I also, that wasn't what I was saying in that context. But I don't know, Carl kind of just thinks it's hilarious, these preconceived notions I have about uh, Christian relationships. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't, I do. Because I just kind of assume that like, it's like a normal relationship just with, I don't know, somebody who reads the Bible and with me and I pray with, and which like my nightmare, honestly, praying out loud with another person. But that's, I feel like that's kind of a big part of it. So I kind of would assume I would just have to get over it, honestly, and overcome this fear of, it's honestly just a fear of public speaking more than anything. Which is more than ironic considering I do a podcast, but I guess it's just me, myself, and my lava lamp here. So um, <laughs> I guess we'll see if I'm the same as I always am when I when I get Carl on the show or anybody. But um, I don't know. I just kind of have this this notion about Christian relationships in my head that it's on, the only thing we're going to talk about and the only thing, the only activities we're going to do is it's all going to be church-related or we're only going to talk about Jesus and, and the faith and while I'm sure that would be a big part of this is what I said to Carl. I was like, I have like interests and hobbies outside of that. And it seems like the extremely mature Christians that I talk to, Carl notwithstanding, like those conversations can only be about Jesus and where I'm at in my faith journey and where like I can't just and this kind of doesn't apply to Pastor Dan because I don't know why. To tell you the truth, um, but it seems like no matter how I start a conversation with some of these people, 
they always find a way to kind of circle it back around to where I'm at faith-wise and or about uh, Jesus, which is not a bad thing because it's it's a common thing we all share and we're all there united in one purpose and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm like, I I am... And maybe this is a reflection of my level of faith because as I went to say it, I thought maybe this is not right. But I was going to say I am more than my faith in Jesus, um, but I don't know how right that is because it's supposed to be the most important belief we have. So can there really be anything more than that about you? Huh. I guess I'll have to wait and see if Carl has any thoughts on this when she, if she listens to this episode. But that kind of just stopped me there, and I just kind of have to sit here and go, huh. But again, at the same time, like, this is not the only thing about me. Uh, let's pretend I didn't just have this realization. But, like, does it have to all be about that? Like, I have other other interests, and there's other aspects to me than just the fact that I'm a Christian and I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, not a very good one, but... um. So I don't know. Um, that that kind of friendship that I have with a lot of these people, I just kind of have carried the belief over that that's what a, a romantic relationship would look like. Is it would be all about Jesus, and I would I would have to sacrifice and give up parts of myself to make that relationship work. And I don't know that I'm willing to do that. And this is not talking about the the physical stuff or any of that. Because I've had conversations with some of the more like extreme Christians that I know who are still wonderful people. They just believe a lot harder than I do where like the sound guy and I were just, we share a little bit of a love for like metal and screamo Christian stuff. So like he turned me on to Demon Hunter and a bunch of these other bands, but I was showing him some secular stuff because I like at this point in my life, I'm very fascinated with like mastery. So when I see someone who's like a master of their instrument, I'm instantly like fascinated by it. And I had discovered Buried Alive when I did this out of ta- out of province job a couple of years ago. Uh, and if you haven't heard of them, look them up. If you're into this kind, in that kind of like rock and roll screamo, blah blah blah. And it's Buried B E R R I E D Alive. And then all their songs and albums are kind of fruit puns, which is very funny. But um, this guy, Charles Caswell, he's just like a master on the guitar. I, I, it's He's one of the most technic, technically masterful players I've ever seen, to tell you the truth, with my like limited understanding of guitar based on playing when I was in junior high school 20 years ago. But um, So I was just kind of showing the sound guy like some of their songs and stuff because he the, some of the stuff he can do on a guitar is just fucking crazy. But the worship pastor saw the album art and it was like i can't remember i think it was blood orange where it's that orange demonic looking orange eating a banana or something and she just kind of said like you have to be careful what you're consuming because the the enemy works through all things and i was like like i know that but also it's an orange eating a banana <laughs> so i i don't know is it a hammer to a hammer everything looks like a nail situation or is she right or is the answer somewhere in the middle but like anyway that long story notwithstanding like that's just kind of the belief I have is that I would have to sacrifice and give up big big parts of like who I am as a person to make a Christian relationship work and I don't know that I'm willing to do that yet or ever honestly but I don't want to lose my sense of who I am uh, ever again in a relationship. I, I need a very strong sense of self. So I don't know. But at the same time, these are all assumptions. So can I really, I can't really say one way or the other if they're true or not. Um, it's just kind of what I've extrapolated and interpolated from witnessing and observing people around me. So I guess really the only way to do it would be to date a Christian girl and then date Christian Lee, but we're still kind of, the autumn situation is ongoing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
This is one that Carl's going to have to kind of listen to and maybe report back if she's interested in talking about it. Not that I expect her to, but because um, I feel like I monopolize her time so much already with these silly little questions. So, um, And that was all the questions that Carl had for me. So that took us 30 minutes in. Good Lord. This is what happens when you get me talking about my cat and dating Christian women, I guess, but um, it's good and it's bad because I've kind of been putting off recording because I'm just, I'm tired. I'm exhausted this weekend. Um, this week really kind of kicked me in the dick. And a lot of that is my own fault with my level of drinking. And um, I don't know. Uh, but I don't, I really don't mind being out there, honestly. It's, it's going to be good money, I think, because this last pay period that I just finished wrapped I just wrapped up. I had 95 hours on my check across two weeks. So that will not be the worst thing in the world to uh, get at the end of next week. So, and, you know, um, wouldn't really have been able to see Autumn this week anyway. She was working the late shift and I don't know. The only real difference is as there is no difference. I could have cooked more this week, last week, basically, instead of eating KFC every day, every night for dinner, which Carl took a real issue with. But um, I don't know, guys. So for the foreseeable future, anyway, I'm just kind of assuming that I'm going to be out at, out at this out-of-town job, and that'll be that about that. Obviously, we were able to record two episodes out there, and they both turned out not terribly, actually. Because one was recorded on the Audio-Technica ATR2100X and one was recorded on the pod mic. So they both came out sounding decent. Anyway, Carl said the one on the pod mic was a little too asmr for her liking. But um, I guess we'll see how this one sounds when I go to give it a hoon. But obviously, and you know what, like I said at the beginning, like I can't hear whatever she's hearing. So uh, she did say tonight, the sn- no sniffling. Um, so I kind of just tune that out now when I do it because I know I do it and I'm just kind of disgusting and it is what it is. But, uh, for somebody who does not as obsessively listen to this show as much as often as I do, then yeah, you're probably going to be a little more sensitive to it. So very sorry, Carl, that, uh, the sniffles were there. And... What else do we have to report? Not a whole lot. Um, I did get in trouble with Autumn this week. And we'll spin that yarn as soon as I return. Wait, one, you mob. All right, so. The trouble I got in with Autumn this week. Um, I don't know how in-depth into this I want to get, but um, she obviously has noticed that I've been a little distracted. My mind has kind of been elsewhere this week and kind of called me out on it, honestly. And (laughs) I had no real excuse that I was willing to tell her. Uh, Obviously, there is a reason, but it's not one I would want to discuss with her over voice note and text while I'm three hours away. Like, I... Very much a rock and a hard place here, guys, because like, like we talked about in 27, we don't need to rehash it, but, uh, just relationship problems. Um, oh, we're drawing a blank here. Shock, fucking horror. Um, I don't know. Dating is... <laughs> dating fucking sucks and I can hear Carl just wanting to give me shit being like dating doesn't suck you just are are dating the wrong people because you know what you need to do and you just don't want to do it and she's right but what did she say this week she listened to 27 or 28 where I had said like oh there's nothing to do in bumfuck Alberta but uh you know watch Clone Wars and get shit-faced, and she was like, you could read your fucking Bible or call a friend, and I didn't really know how to take that call a friend thing, because I'm like, who am I calling? Am I calling you, Carl? Or somebody else? I don't know, I don't, I'm I'm autistic, I don't know how to read 
suggestions here. So you've got to be a little more direct with me, and which is out of character for her, because normally she's very, very direct, and there's no pussyfooting. But uh, reading my Bible, yes, she is not wrong. I could do that. I am looking at a shelf full of Bibles here right now that have not been touched in months. Um, pretty well since before I, uh, April and I got together. That was really the last time I kind of grabbed one of those and was actually actively hooning into it, trying to read daily. So... <sighs> <sighs> Carl is not wrong. I I very much could uh, <laughs> crack a fucking Bible, but I don't want to. I I know I need to, and I know that at some point the way that I'm living my life is going to catch up to me, and it's all going to kind of come hooning down around me. But uh, I'm very much kind of just choosing to ignore that right now because. We talk about this a lot. Like, I'm choosing to ignore it because I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to give up a lot of this stuff. I really, here we go for the handling noise, guys. I really kind of enjoy the way that my, that I'm living my life right now. And then I talk to Carl and she really kind of shows me like, do you enjoy it or is it... Is it easier than what you know you need to be doing? And she's right, honestly. I do enjoy it because it is easier than where I know I should be. It would take um, real moral conviction and strength of character to live the way I know I should be living and I am very weak and like the things of this world a lot. A lot, a lot. Especially because I wasn't able to kind of dabble in them for 10 years because I was in a committed relationship, right? So um, It doesn't. It didn't really seem fair to me that I got out of this relationship and I could kind of finally experience all these things my single friends had been living and I was supposed to just immediately just say no and be celibate and, you know, the good little Christian boy. Like, that didn't... That's not... <laughs> it didn't seem fair to me, but at the same time, um, what part of being a Christian is fair or easy... Um, I guess the fellowship you find that that's easy. I find because while there are there are people at the church that I kind of don't fully get along with, or whatever. Like they're still a brother or a sister in Christ, so we have that in common. But I don't know. It's very much a case of like I want to do these things when I know I shouldn't, and that's probably why I want to do them so bad is because I know I shouldn't be doing them. So it again, Carl was very pleased when I said this the other week, like it's very much the voice of the enemy kind of being like, you deserve this. You deserve to, to dig in all this stuff that you couldn't have. It's not fair that you couldn't have it. And I know what I should be doing and I'm just living poorly living very, very poorly, and I have such an amazing support network around me that I'm kind of choosing to step outside of just to be this rebellious little piece of shit that I'm trying to be. So um, I really have no one to blame here but myself that... (laughs) Oh, man. And this is why friends like Carl and... Um, the Swede and the Englishman and the sound guy and Pastor Dan, like, this is why it's so important to kind of have these people around you when you get to this kind of point in your life because I very happily do all these things that I know I'm not supposed to and then 
there's the little voice, my own little voice in the back of my head that's saying, like, you shouldn't be doing this. You know better. Like, this is not what it means to be a follower of Christ. And I kind of just tell that little voice to shut up. And then it's a lot harder to ignore when it's Carl telling me a weekly, like, hey, man, you know this is wrong. And you know what you need to be doing. You have no excuse it's time to face the music and the Swede actively trying to be like, Hey man, let's start meeting up again so we can talk a lot of this through. And the Englishman being so willing to chav me about anything because he was very much of the world before he came back to Christ fully. And the sound guy and pastor Dan giving me shit the last time we met where he was like, I enjoy sitting down and having these conversations with you outside of the fact that they are pastoral counseling. I I find that we get along very well just as two dudes. So believe me or don't, but I'm always happy to chat with you. So it's very, very important. And I see now why when I was just a baby Christian, they, well, I still am, but when I was newborn or whatever, they, a lot of people told me like, you need to be in a small group and you need to have a strong, you need to surround yourself with strong believers. And, um, at the time I didn't really understand why, because I was so committed back then. And I really was trying my absolute best to be a model little Christian. And now it's been a year and it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And it's, I've kind of made a mess of things and I'm in this situation with autumn now. And all this stuff with April that you guys know some of, but you don't know all of. And like, I just, it's quite the little mess I've made for myself trying to do it on my own. And I was, I was told and I chose to ignore, like when we try and do it ourselves, God lets us, but he'll let us fall too. He'll let us fail. And He'll be there when we we pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and come back and say, okay, well, you know, I was wrong to do it this way. I'm going to trust your way. And I'm I'm in the middle of wanting to do it my way and stumbling and falling. We kind of are going back and forth right now where Carl is chipping away at my resolve to be this worldly man. And I know I need to come back to it fully and... I'm just fighting, kicking, and screaming because it's just unfair. It feels very unfair to me. Like, (coughs) I feel very much like I deserve to have a little fun, and I deserve to kind of let loose, and I deserve to stick into the piss a little bit, and I deserve to be able to get drunk if I want to and date around and sleep around and be a, a fucking degenerate. I deserve to do these things because I... I spent 10 years with someone who I, I couldn't even fucking be who I who I am. And I spent 10 years keeping my fucking mouth shut and just avoiding the fight because I was a coward. And I spent 10 years doing whatever she asked me to because I don't like confrontation. And I it was easier just to acquiesce than it was to stand up for my fucking self. So now that I, I have this backbone and I've kind of you know, I have some self-confidence and I'm not this cowardly piece of shit anymore. I deserve to, um, to live a little bit in the world. And it really strikes me as unfair that I finally have kind of started finding myself and finding who I am and building myself up and all this, that, and the other. And the first thing I have to do is, is surrender all the things that I want so badly. So, I don't know. It's a sense of unfairness and injustice. And I I sound real mad right now, and I'm not. I just kind of am thinking, like, that's just God's timing. It's It doesn't make sense to us, and as much as we can try and rationalize it and try and make, a fucking, make fucking heads or tails of it, like, it only makes sense to him, and it'll make sense to us one day when we get to the kingdom and, you know, meet Jesus, and he... But to us mere mortals, this just doesn't make sense. And to me, 
Uh, it doesn't seem fair, but if you look at it another way, it's a test of character that I'm failing every day. And it's a test of my moral convictions and my strength of character that I fail every day. Um, and looking at it from that way really puts into perspective kind of yeah yeah that fucking blows to look at it that way but you know that's what sin is is missing the mark and falling short and we all fall short and miss the mark every fucking day and that's why that's why we and this is where my theology gets a little weak but that's why we need Jesus because in his sacrifice like we are forgiven so it's not fair and it's the child in me being like it's not fair it's not fair but it doesn't matter if it's fair or not it's the way it is and it's the way that I agreed to live when I became a follower and I'm not holding up my end of the bargain here so very obviously there is a reason that Ruth came into my life when she did and Carl came into my life when she did or came back into my life, I guess. And there is a reason for this season of feeling lost and feeling unfulfilled dating. And I'm sure there's even a reason for all this stuff with April, but uh, that one I haven't figured out yet. But this season is very much, I feel, about showing me, well, here's what you wanted and here you can have it. Now, did it make you feel the way you thought it would? And the answer, honestly, is fucking no. Because <clears throat> there's something missing in all these relationships. And I don't know what it is. I, f I think I know what it is, but I don't know what it is fully. And... This is one that a more experienced Christian than me could probably help me cross the finish line for this answer. But uh, so here's hoping Carl wants to listen to this one. But this got real serious here at the end, eh, guys? This is a little more extremely religious than I normally get. I try and keep it to the low, low and just spin some funny yarns about Carl getting mad at me for living like a piece of shit. But uh, I didn't. I don't want to talk about Autumn because I've thought it to death and I've talked about it. With Carl to death, and I talked about it with my dad, and I talked about it with a bunch of guys, but I was a few buddies, so I'm tired of fucking talking about it. I'm tired. I just want to deal with it. But um, this is something that Carl and I go back and forth on, and I feel that I've never really given her a a, a fair, honest answer. So hopefully, this is kind of more along the lines of what she's thinking. And this is not an answer just solely to appease her or seek her approval. This is just all that's on my mind. And I'm sure it's, it's somewhat in line with what she's looking for. But she asked me a week ago, I want to say it was something along the lines of like, with all you know you have to gain, why are you holding back? And it's... <laughs> At the time, I didn't have an answer, and I still really don't, um, because I don't want to think about it, because it would mean that it would be the first step down the path to kind of giving a lot of this shit up, and I, like I just spent the last 10 minutes saying, don't want to give it up, because it just doesn't seem fucking fair, but fair doesn't really enter into the equation, it's, it's kind of about what's right and what's wrong, and the way I'm living is wrong when looked at through the lens of how we're supposed to live as Christians. I am not living as a Christian should or as how Jesus told us to live. So in that very black and white sense that we, that you, you kind of have to look at the world through because as much as I love to say for years and years, you know, it's not just good and bad. The world is shades of gray. It really is not. There's right and there's wrong. And that's that about that. So the way I'm living is wrong. In the eyes of the world, it's right, which tells me that it's probably wrong. And I need to change my little ways, but I'm just, I don't want to because I, 
it's not fair, basically. <laughs> and I kind of feel like we're just going to end up going in circles here. But hey, guys, we fucking just about hit 50 minutes and barely talked about uh, April and got a little spicy about January, which doesn't happen very often. There is a voice note on the old phone that I could release and cut into the podcast that's a very raw, raw look at uh, how I kind of felt about January month or two after the two or three months after the breakup when April kind of forced me to deal with it and it is it's a hard listen I didn't know that I had I hadn't realized I felt that strongly about it until you know I sat down to record it so this one is getting a little bit long but we can thank Master Carl for that one with her excellent questions that ate up 30 minutes of the podcast which hallelujah because I really had no topic tonight but uh this kind of stuff, talking about faith like this and talking about God and the way that I'm living, it really just reinforces the belief that I need to get Carl on the show because I very clearly don't know enough to fully noodle this out and I need someone to kind of be a sounding board for this. So here's hoping that this out-of-town work will play nice with both of our schedules and we can line something up because it would really be fantastical if I could get Carl on here. Because I feel like a long, a long form conversation would help me anyway, really noodle a lot of this shit out. And I don't know, I would hope she would get something out of it, but like, who knows? (laughs) She's very generous with her time and I'm very appreciative and I tell her thank you more, not, not as often as I should, but more than she's comfortable with. And, uh, you know, I just thank you, Carl. We'll say it here. Um. Other than that, you mob, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for this episode. End of the episode, housekeeping. Um, If you wouldn't mind heading on over to iTunes or Spotify and leaving a rating for the podcast, I'm not going to fight you for five stars. Give it whatever the fuck you feel it deserves. Um, Apparently it helps. I don't know why. I'm not there yet. Um, At the bottom of the Spotify episode page, there is a Q&A section. It'll say something along the lines of, what did you think of this episode? Any thoughts, comments, concerns, criticisms you have, you can put in there. Or did you know the podcast has an email? It's dumbereveryday42 at gmail.com. All one word, dumbereveryday42 at gmail.com. If I remember, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, You can send over any of your questions, criticism, comments, thoughts, topics you'd like to be discussed in the podcast that you think I might have a take on. Uh, I'm always happy to hear from any and all listeners, uh, so please be somewhat polite. Don't send me an email telling me to kill myself. That's a little rude. So other than that, um, send on over whatever you like. Uh, It doesn't even have to be about the podcast. If you just need somebody to talk to, I am always happy to listen and try and help you yarn out whatever you're going through. And sometimes it just helps to type it out and not send it. So just something to keep in mind. You are never alone. Uh, But otherwise, uh, the next one will probably be coming to you live from the two-star hotel that I stay in at the out-of-town job. So until that sketchy little time, I will catch you, Mob, in the next episode. So be good and have a great Sunday and start your week. Uh, Huru.